0: My name is Dwight Schroot. If you are listening to this, you're a lucky woman. Matt and Kevin has seduced. Ah, to be in your shoes. What's next? You're probably wondering. Don't be scared of your night in heaven. That's what she said. Episode 78. Niagara.
1: Wow, that is really hard. You really think you can go all day long? Well, you always left me satisfied and smiling, so
2: that's what she said. <laughs> Suicide doors on my 57
0: Chevy Roll around town like a hero
3: I got you on my mind Just like all the time Pedal down,
2: nowhere to go
4: And welcome to episode 78 of That's What She Said, a podcast about the Emmy Award winning NBC show The Office. As always, I'm your Human Resources Coordinator, Matt Summer, and this week, we're going to be taking an in-depth and spoiler-filled look at the fourth and fifth episode of season six, entitled Niagara, which originally aired Thursday, October 8th, 2009. It's a nice day for a white wedding. Jim and Pam are finally off to tie the knot in Niagara Falls with the rest of the Scranton branch in tow. Surely, this time, nothing will go wrong, right? Once there, Michael and Dwight go on the prowl, Kevin debuts his new hair and shoes, Oscar gets insulted, Meemaw hates on Charlie Rose, Andy tears his throat, Erin shows her ass, Pam's mom is replaced, Jim's brothers are dicks, and only the Maid of the Mist can save the day. Oh, and uh, apparently the ending's based on some YouTube clip I've never heard of. One thing's for certain though, what happens in Niagara stays in Niagara. Lots to discuss, lots to talk about, let's head on over to the water cooler.
0: It's a real shame, because studies have shown that more information gets passed through water cooler gossip than through official memos, which puts me at a disadvantage, because I bring my own water to work. Why did you do this? I didn't do it. Oh, the water cooler was brought over here for maintenance. So what do you
2: guys hear? What's a scuttlebutt?
4: And joining me at the water cooler again this week is my dear friend, our traveling salesman, the assistant to the regional manager, The uh, matron of honor at my future wedding, Kevin Crossman. Kevin, how are you doing?
3: Oh, Matt, I am doing great. And I think we've gotten some harsh feedback in recent weeks about our ability to nitpick a half hour show to death. But I'll tell you (laughs) that this week I have nothing but love for this episode, Niagara, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Very, very small critiques on my part. So. This week, I'll be playing the part of the Ontario side of Niagara Falls, and you can be playing the part of the New York side.
4: Yeah, the, uh, I am the metaphorical equivalent of the chipped paint Buffalo Wild Wings statue <laughs> that they had there. Yes, uh, it's true, and i got to say that Thursday, Matt... That Wily character Thursday Matt was particularly really nonplussed about this episode. I just I felt like that. It was really kind of easy, a lot of easy gags, a lot of just fan service-y stuff. It felt very much like, hey, Cafe Disco is cool, let's do it again. Very similar kind of vibe with the wedding thing. Just have the people dance and it made absolutely no sense. But hey, the fans will love it. And I, just, I guess I just felt sort of like the romance angle, the whole Jim and Pam thing, in, in order to not show the traditional vows and the traditional ceremony and everything else, that we uh, maybe have seen a million times that we did sort of lose a little bit of that romance in there. That last montage, I know a lot of people really liked that, and... and Yes, it was kind of cute and kind of nice. One thing I will say about this, though, I have mellowed over the last three days. And and Monday Matt, who's actually even more mellow than Sunday Matt, um, (laughs) has warmed up to this episode just like I did with Cafe Disco. Yes, there are many things that I wish they would have done differently, and we will talk about them. I still sort of think that that ending, I was not very happy with it, all told. Mostly, I think part of it, Kevin, is because I think I'm one of the only people in the United States or the world who had never, ever heard of that wedding video on YouTube before watching this episode. So I had no... No idea what the hell that was all about. Yeah, you know, it's pretty sad when
3: Michael when Michael Scott is more up in his pop culture than you are. He's usually about three or four years behind.
4: Yeah, here's the same so. jackass that two weeks ago was doing parkour and suddenly he's an expert on the <laughs> the J.K. wedding video. So I I don't
3: know. I got to tell you, Matt, I I think you're completely wrong. I feel like Michael Scott in this episode, always yelling at Dwight. You know, <laughs> you're an idiot. Um, I think that you're you're misunderstanding what this. Was about. Now, we talked in past episodes, would this be a rehash of Phyllis's wedding, all the typical things we've always seen? And instead of focusing, like you said, on the ceremony and the vows and people interrupting and saying, no, no, Pam, let me marry you, Toby, you know, stands up or whatever, this was a focus on all the parties and the relatives and all the things going on around the wedding, not so much on the ceremony. And so I think in this respect, it definitely was not a rehash of Phyllis's wedding.
4: Well, I agree. I, but I, I think that, but that, that, before but, you go on, Kevin, let me interrupt you a little bit, because you're right. It, this did focus on the supporting characters much more than Jim and Pam, and that's maybe one of the reasons why people were a little disappointed in this, that we have had these four or five years leading up to this moment, and it maybe was a little lacking for some people. This is the one thing I do have to say as far as you said. You know, we, yes, we avoided the cliché of showing the same old typical wedding stuff. However, I feel like we dove into another cliche on the other end of that spectrum with the family. Everybody in the family is dysfunctional, everybody's insane, everybody's crazy. Um even established characters like Pam's mom who is recast for this role it just came off as like a shrew, um, just kind of nasty, sort of harpy who, in the past, had been this—you know—she's my best friend and this wonderful, lovely, right. kind of nice woman. And the dad is going with some skanky twenty-year-old chick, and you know, <laughs> gym. and then of course, let me
3: not even get into me ma, that whole plot line. Uh,
0: well, but, <laughs> but
3: that's the thing—is that that's what happens when you when you have a wedding. You've got these crazy relatives that you have to, you know, bow pressure to and everything else, and who gives a damn about me ma but when you're the bride you do care about whether your grandmother comes to the wedding and enjoys and gives you her blessing or whatever whether she she really deserves it or not and i think that that you know andy was talking about the fact that you know pam's job is to make sure that they have a good time at the stupid wedding and that (laughs) is the pressure that you feel when you're the bride especially when you're the bride and i think that they portrayed that stuff very well in a very funny way with all these characters and the hookups between uh, the people from The Office plus Pam's friends and all of that, I think that really worked for me really well. I, I enjoyed all of that immensely. I did like the Meemaw storyline a little bit, <laughs> and I liked when Michael went in there and tried to talk her down and everything. There were little funny bits when he turns off the TV and everything mm-hmm. else that I thought were really,
4: really funny. Well, I'll agree and, with you. Let me talk about Meemaw for a second, because that whole plot line to me really actually felt very, like I, I just I'd seen that before, the crotchety oh we gotta sneak around and fool grandma you're right though i i did i really liked michael's little intervention when he went in there and his speech about how he loved you know he likes old women and um uh, you know his grandma was his best friend uh-huh. <laughs> until she met that other bitch harriet and now she thinks <laughs> she's better than everyone now that's some great stuff and yeah it turned up. to do- oh let me hook that up for you there Turns off the TV and his, you know, oh Charlie Rose, oh isn't he awful? How that kind of stuff. Yeah, I liked that. That was funny. That was a good little speech. But then it was almost like they dropped that whole plot line. And maybe this is a symptom of the whole one-hour show being split into two different shows for syndication. Um, that whole thing felt like it was really front-loaded, and then didn't really have any kind of consequence or payoff. Although we did see her being walked down the aisle. So apparently Michael's speech. I don't know, Did it win her over? Uh, the promise of young Silvio <laughs> joining the Helper clan?
3: I don't know. Well, it was obviously very ridiculous that Michael didn't have a room, that he didn't, wasn't smart enough to realize he could make a reservation, that he was fooled by Dwight's to <laughs> uh, oh, it is your reservation, and then he doesn't accept. It I don't know. Proper. I actually kind of like that. that was, I know it was kind of corny, it was, but it was, it was it was it was fake. But I think it was it 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 set up so many interesting parts in this episode. Where he the part where he wakes the, the guy walks into the ice vending machine and he says, What was he doing? Like creasing his
4: pants or something on the top of the doing
3: his ironing or whatever. You know that whole thing. The interaction with Dwight the next morning. Uh, the fact that he didn't have a room, and where, who could he stay with? Hmm, let me see at the, by the end of the episode. So I, th- I, did, I really like this stuff, even though, like you were saying, you kind of have to let go a little bit on how believable or plausible some of these elements are. Well, um, And then you mentioned um, the two parts. The, the funny thing that, about this on, the, at least the iTunes version, part one was 25 minutes, but part two was only 19. So they didn't split this evenly. It was very strange. The, the hmm. end of part one was where they, you know, dragged Andy across to Pam's room, and then uh, it's going to be hard to cut this into syndication when you've got such a, you know, uneven two
4: yeah, parts Yeah, anyway. that is a good point. I'm, I'm curious as, as how, you know, what they'll cut out or whether they'll, they'll just re-edit it to um, fit some of that other stuff into the other episode. Yeah, you know and that's the thing. Let, let, let's get into some of the stuff, though, that I did love because there were some things. So I, I really did, I felt... I, I feel like the beginning, and this was written by Mindy Kaling and Greg Daniels. Now, I don't know who did what or if one of them took half and one of them took half. But I feel like the first half of the episode for me did really hit on a lot of good joke lines that I felt weren't too unbelievable. We had, for some reason, you know, I, I got to say, and maybe you didn't get just maybe you thought it was funny or not, I don't know. When I was watching this on Thursday, the, the, really the one only thing that had me laughing out loud was Michael and Dwight when they're driving to the wedding, and Michael just, like, wakes up. <laughs> yeah. And Dwight looks over like, what? <laughs> that was the only... That was the biggest laugh I got out of the whole episode, and I thought that was that was an awesome little bit of, uh, you know, kind of physical comedy. That whole thing with the mixed CD, like we played the... <laughs> the little intro there—it uh, <laughs> was totally, totally creep Now here's the thing that we got to talk about as far as repeating ourselves, because once again we have Michael who wants to be the center of attention, and so on that, in that sense, it was very similar to Phyllis's wedding. But I, there was a really subtle kind of theme running through this episode that rather than Michael wanting to be the center of attention, I felt more like that he wanted to be part of the family. Mm-hmm. He had that speech where he was talking about how he wanted to be, I should be doing the brother material. you know? <laughs> Right. <laughs> Me and Pete should be doing that. Or whatever. <laughs> Not Tom. And, and that kind of stuff. And that idea, you know, he was talking about when Dwight sleeps with Isabel, and it was like, oh, that's Pam's best friend. You know, you could go on these like, double dates and, and swap, maybe. <laughs> you know, and it's like he wanted himself to be in that position. He, he would love nothing better than to be double dating Jim and Pam's friend. And I guess maybe that's why, maybe that is, is why we get that ending, where he goes with Pam's mom, because there's a way for him to become part of the family.
3: Oh right yeah indeed, absolutely well, Matt, let's talk about the cold open now. I <laughs> kind of viewed this This i viewed this episode very similar to how I viewed stress relief yes uh it's a, it's You're a right. high prof it's a high profile episode they're gonna get a few extra viewers that they normally wouldn't get on a regular weekly basis uh that the, the ratings for this episode were uh, they had about a million to two million more viewers than has been the average this season so far, so obviously they need to make <laughs> some things that are would play to the casual viewer right you well, don't Kevin have to know all these
4: intricate details before we get into this, uh, can I play an audio clip from the cold open
2: Sure, let's take a listen. But when the smell hit the crowd, <laughs> that's when Marta's plan really started to work. Girlfriends barfed on boyfriends, kids barfed on their parents, a fat lady barfed in her purse, the Donnelly twins barfed on each other, and the women's auxiliary barked all over the benevolent order of antelopes. And Lardash just sat back and enjoyed what he created. A complete and total barfarama.
4: So just replace Pam uh, in there for the hard ass, and, and you basically got the cold open. Now, uh, should I go first, or do you want to go first
3: on this No, one? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you that I think that this was hilarious. I was crying. I was <laughs> laughing so hard. This is the revenge that Pam, all the fans of Pam, like myself, have been waiting for. Uh, I admit the soap thing was a little over the top, but in general, they weren't giving her the time of the day on a fairly reasonable request. And Dwight, in particular, very antagonistic. He gets everything he deserves with regards to that. And the way that they kept cutting and the different things, taking it up to the next level, Angela puking through her fingers. I was just rolling. The creed continues to eat his noodles. I thought it was hilarious. And then, of course, the look of satisfaction on Pam's face at the end was just priceless. I love the cold open. Kevin, I hear what you're
4: saying. (laughs) But... You know where this is going. You're completely wrong. Now, here's the thing with this. If you want to say it's revenge, she didn't get revenge on Dwight because Dwight wasn't affected by it. He didn't have, any, he didn't have anything to do with it. He and Creed both were just uh, eating their food and were not affected. So, really, he didn't get anything from this other than, I guess, she maybe... Got, she got revenge on up. Phyllis.
3: But, no, look, that,
4: that cold... Op- We've talked about this for the last three weeks. That little speech that she gave in the cold open was so condescending and so obnoxious that I didn't feel sorry for her. I, felt I actually felt on the side of the other office people. I mean, they're right. Come on, tell me what soap I can use. That's just ridiculous. All right. all right. But that's not even the biggest thing. Now, here, I, this is one of those things that I think really is going to split people because I've heard people like you and, and a few others on the blog say that they thought this was the funniest thing they've ever seen. A coworker of mine who was telling me that his wife hates watching people throw up, just can't stand it, was just in tears watching this uh, on Thursday last week. I don't know, man. To me, I was watching this and all I could think of was just have we really sunk to this? are we going to have diarrhea incidences maybe next time that we have uh cold, you know a a, a period um i just it felt so just like low brown and i i get i understand what you're saying if if you want to compare this to stress relief and the way that that was aimed supposedly at maybe a bigger audience and a more general audience i kind of had a similar well not anywhere close i thought it was a little broad the in stress relief but uh, yeah this i don't know man if I don't, if I never see anyone fake puke on TV in this show again, I will be quite happy. <laughs> you know, we we got Dwight way back in the injury fake puking, and that was that was about enough. That was all I really needed. So
3: yeah, you you, eh. you probably don't want to see. I I love you, man. If you haven't watched that yet,
4: oh, no, I, I I did, I, I did watch you. that. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch that last week, but it didn't even stick out. It didn't even really bother me as much as as this did, but. On the second and third viewing, I have to say that, yeah, once I knew what was coming, it was not quite as big of a deal. I guess, like I said, different strokes for different folks here, my friend.
3: All right, before we get into the clips, I do want to mention uh, Linda Pearl playing Pam's mother. Uh, I think you mentioned before we started recording, she seemed a lot, you know, less perky, a lot less friendly, a lot less like Pam's best friend, and more like the typical mom. But I have to say, did you sense a little bit of a she looks a little bit like Holly? Thing going on
4: there? Mm. You know, now that you mention it, I can sort of see it, but I didn't really notice it before. Um, you're right. There's uh, uh, the blonde uh, hair. It's kind of the mm,
3: yeah. s- similar features, sort older, of wrinkler. Yeah,
4: I guess. Anyway. if they go that route, I, c- I can see that working out. Yeah, and I kind of said this a minute ago. I think that we have this woman who we saw in, of course, the retro we did a few months back with sexual harassment. You know, let's let's pretend that Pam's mom's coming every day or whatever that. The thing was that Toby said, uh, she's just yeah, she was this really sweet woman and just very like you said, peppy and perky, and, and this this version of Pam's mom just seemed really bitter and kind of she had kind of a pinched face and was just looking uh-huh. and and just said you know nasty things like, are you sure you want to go through with this? You know you don't have to and and all this guy it was just unpleasant. And it was kind of where I got into that whole feeling where it just felt like a really sitcomy kind of situation where everyone was in every every person was a character. Like No one was normal in the family. Everyone was a kook or a crank or something weird. Even, like, Jim's dad was wearing a freaking kilt at the yeah. wedding for some reason. That made no sense whatsoever. But,
3: but, don't, <laughs> but don't you think that that helped portray Jim and Pam as being normal? You know, Pam, the, but, the nervous bride, those crazy things. She's yeah. trying to go to bed, and she, her the guy with a broken scrotum comes in and she has to take him to the hospital and Jim
4: you know cuts exactly.
3: his tie like a real like a real man and then they go off and they have this uh this time alone spectacular views, and we gave Niagara a, a Falls, New York a hard time last week on the podcast, and it didn't really get a better treatment this week on The Office, but i got to tell you, those shots uh, in front of the falls, they were pretty spectacular. There's were well, definitely worse places to get married than right there.
4: I don't I don't think that we did anything of disservice, because from what I heard in the comments, people were saying that the maid of the mist only goes from the Canadian side, so... I don't well,
3: know. I whether whether whether, the, whether that ceremony was legal or not, the point is that for Jim and Pam, that's the point where they decided that they were married. Well, and sure. I think that that was all right, and I think that was spectacular. I thought the the dancing to this, uh, you know, YouTube video. I think it was. We kind of forgot that they disappeared. And, oh, what's crazy, Michael jumping around, and then they cut to them getting on the uh, the boat there. And I got to tell you. It got a little dusty in the room. I have to say, <laughs> it continues to get dusty in the room when I watch that scene. It was just oh, great.
4: Good lord. Well, I, that might be one of my problems is that I really didn't get dusty at all in this episode. And I'm I'm the guy that teared up during the job uh, at the end, and and <laughs> I I got you know a lump in my throat during Casino Night. So I don't know something about this just didn't it just didn't get to my my cold-withered, grinchy heart. The one thing I will say is, though, yeah, you're right. That's, I'm sure that's exactly why they did that, making everyone such detestable characters in the family, to again highlight that. But that's part of that is also kind of strange because it's almost too repetitive. It's like we have, okay, Jim and Pam are the normal ones in the office. Oh, now Jim and Pam are the normal ones in their family. It's uh, It may be a little bit hitting us over the head. Now, I want to talk about a few other things that I did enjoy. I did enjoy, uh, you know, some of the pop culture things. Of course, we saw Dwight, again, as the sex master, as we did in Night Out previously. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Kevin, I'll have you know that while I'm not aware of the JK wedding entrance thing, I am very well versed in the Three Wolf Moons (laughs) t-shirt internet meme. So I knew that one very well, um... Glad to see Good Dwight sporting that. And if you haven't ever seen that or you don't know much about that, it gained notoriety because there was some really like ridiculous Amazon review uh, talking about how this is the greatest T-shirt in the world and has all these sexual benefits and things. Uh, it made perfect sense to me that Dwight would wear such an accoutrement. So that was you know that was a nice little touch. Um, mm-hmm. I did like the Oscar and Kevin relationship during this <laughs> episode, and you know the, the little funny bit there where Oscar gets so offended. At Pam's sister that he tells her, you know, you need to apologize to me for, for insinuating that I would ever date Kevin. Uh, you know, that was that was some funny, that was a nice little bit of interaction. We see them working together all the time, but we rarely see them kind of pairing off in more of a social setting. So... That was a nice nice little change. What are you thinking about this whole thing with Aaron? I mean, are, are you, what are you feeling about her as a character so far?
3: Well, they're really positioning her as being young and hip and being sort of Kelly's pal. I think that maybe what they're trying to do is show her to be someone who's maybe a bit more reasonable of that age group and that sort of personality so that presumably eventually she can pair up with Andy rather than just crazy characters that... <laughs> Kelly seems to always pair up with. Yeah. So.
4: Back to uh, you know, Ryan again. Uh, B.J. Novak once again had barely any screen time in this whole hour-long episode.
3: But he had to wait for over an hour. So.
0: <laughs>
4: yeah. I mean, that was a good little line, but it was kind of ridiculous. And, um, you know, it just it really didn't have much of anything to do here. Well, they did show him trying to hit on one of those wedding guests with his CEO yeah. speech. Yeah, definitely underused, and as we're getting more characters, I think that's just the way that it's going to go. I don't know what I think about Aaron so far. I mean, I agree with you that I, she has kind of that nice obliviousness that I don't think anyone else on the show has, where mm-hmm. she seems like a truly nice person, but also really clueless. <laughs> I, I really didn't like her little bit of dialogue that they gave her in the wedding chapel, where she said, I thought maybe if you had injured your penis... That this could comfort you it felt really cheesy and bizarre and just so unnatural that um i don't know it was really strange but i did like to see her ass so i'll go on record as saying that i i enjoyed that that little shot there <laughs> when she was jumping and i, I feel for the nard dog i don't know if that's going to go anywhere
3: the freeze frame hurt around the world here's hoping all right
4: before we go on to talking about the credits and and some of the other things, one thing I will say about this though is i'm I'm actually just kind of glad, like a lot of brides and grooms are. I think I'm kind of glad that this is just over with now and we <laughs> we can sort of move forward with Jim and Pam being married. Uh, I guess we have the baby on the horizon already, so only a few more months uh for that big massive plot line to come up. But you know I'm kind of looking forward to maybe a little normalcy, maybe seeing how things might work. Uh, or how things might change, or will they change? I mean, we've already basically had them being a couple living together. So, what is this going to do? Uh, how is this going to change things? Will it change things? So, credits Let's talk about that. As we said, this was written by two of the big wigs, Mindy Kaling, of course, who has written at least 17 episodes, including Golden Ticket, Lecture Circuit Parts 1 and 2, and Frame. Toby, and this was also written by the elusive Greg Daniels, the guy who has not been around the office for a year and a half while he's been over there helming Parks and Rec. I, I'm really enjoying that show right now, so I'm really enjoying Parks and Recreation. So he's he and uh, Mike sure are definitely hitting their stride, I think, with with season two. But here he takes a takes a step over to the office again to to put in his credits and. Surprisingly enough, you know, he's some like ninety-three writing credits, but they they considered just him being a consultant or something as being a writing credit for some reason. Uh, of the episodes he's actually written, I, I came up with Fun Run, Beach Games, Gay Witch Hunt, Conflict Resolutions. There you go. But he is the man. He is the master.
3: And this episode was directed by Paul Feig, who's directed a million episodes, uh, one of the top office directors.
4: Yeah, you know, speaking of Paul Lieberstein, uh, one other thing I did really like was that. Uh, Toby scene at the very end of the episode where he uh, he sort of starts crowing about the fact that the <laughs> wedding is failing <laughs> well I guess they aren't getting married <laughs> they come back in yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of funny because we really didn't see much of that all uh, last year. We got that little brief bit where he was kind of trying to move in on Pam. And then uh, we got during the meeting that thing where Michael read his performance review and then now this. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of I'm kind of glad to see that uh, little rivalry crop up. Indeed. All right. Well, let's go ahead and dive into the episode here. Uh, let me just let Aaron... Set the stage.
5: Dunder Mifflin Scranton will be closed today and Friday for a company wedding in Niagara Falls.
1: Uh, believe it or not, Kevin, firecrackers are in the don't column. So you're going to provide them then? No, this is a firecracker-free wedding. Oh, what the hell? Come on, you've got to be kidding me. Okay,
5: all of these things are important to remember, but the most important thing is that no one say anything about my pregnancy at the wedding.
1: Absolutely, because not everyone knows, and some people might be offended.
5: Decent people everywhere will get offended. Well, we're thinking of my grandmother, who we haven't told and who is very old-fashioned. Well, you're lucky to have a grandmother. Some of us have to be our own grandmother. You know, Angela, um, you don't have to come to the wedding.
2: Yes, yeah, really? she does. Yes, yeah, she does. We're all going to go. and We're going to have a good time. Ow! She pitched me. No.
5: Next time we're all in this room, Jim and I will be married. We'll see. Thank you.
2: Bye. Goodbye.
5: See you later. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye. Oh, hey, and don't
0: embarrass me when we go to Niagara. What happens in Niagara stays in Niagara.
4: <laughs> so uh, is that a little nod, perhaps, to the hangover, or am I reaching too hard for that?
3: Uh, about ten feet high, reaching. <laughs> yes, feet. All right, well,
4: whatever. But So there we go. Uh, again, Jim and Pam lecturing the other people in the office <laughs> on their high horses, telling them what they can and can't do. Uh, you know, you'd know, think they'd have a special point in their heart for, for fireworks, because remember, that was always a big part of their whole... Uh, relationship, romance.
3: I don't disagree with the nitpick, but we can move on. <laughs> exactly. And
4: um, I like that line in there, Dwight's little we'll see. <laughs> Very prophetic, sort of, I guess. I don't know, nice, nice little dig in there, typical, typical Dwight stuff. Now, uh, speaking of nitpicks, Kevin, uh, I will point out that someone emailed this to me, that if you remember, Pam earlier said that Michael had given people Monday and Friday off for the wedding. And here Aaron says, today and Fridays.
3: Yeah, I kind of interpreted that as being, th- there was sometime on Thursday that they were doing that, so they were in the office, maybe they are doing like a half day or something. And so, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's a Pam maybe maybe, maybe maybe because when Jim took over as manager, he got rid of that Monday extra day.
4: Well, I'm not going to spend too much time on that, but somebody pointed it out, so I figured we'd pass it along. Uh-huh. Actually, in that video blog, in the first deleted scene that we're going to play later on, Pam specifically says that... It's a half a day, and then they're going to the wedding, so fair enough. I guess maybe they could change their plans slightly, but there you go. So everyone's excited. Everything's gearing up, and we got the introduction of the Meemaw complication thrown in there. Now, here we have typical Michael and Dwight fashion. We have them back to being compatriots, to being buddies, workmates, to Dwight being Michael's kind of second-in-command here uh, in the relationship Mm -hmm. area, Um, and what... What else better to do at a wedding, Kevin, than pick up on hot chicks? And Dwight has the perfect strategy.
2: Pam and Jim's wedding will be the single best pickup destination in the history of the universe. I stole the guest list from Jim's desk.
0: Search engine to every female on both sides of the family. Get out of here! Yes. Oh my God. For nice. instance, Pam's cousin, Jocelyn Webster. There's the name. <laughs> Two years ago, she was selling. Mountain bike. Oh, well, tell me about yeah. Jocelyn. Oh, she well I like? well, uh she's really into mountain biking uh, but not so much lately. Okay. Uh she had a couple hundred dollars to spend. I mean, if she was able to sell her bike then. Is that all you have on her? Well, if this is in fact her, because it's a very common name. Okay. You're an idiot. <laughs> Classic
4: <laughs> uh you're an idiot response from Michael. And that's the thing in here, Michael is constantly just kind of flabbergasted by dwight's idiocy <laughs> during the course of this episode um, uh, we'll get into that later talking about the twins incident
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
4: but um, well,
3: you know I thought that there was a there was an earlier scene with Michael and Jim and Pan where uh, Michael talks about it's a very important day for him, and Jim's like, well congratulations <laughs> so it's it's kind of going back and forth is dwight the idiot is michael the idiot they're a little bit of both depending on the scene and the needs of the comedy i guess a little bit but um yeah that was that was funny stuff they continued on that research thing throughout the episode i really liked how they incorporated that throughout (laughs) dwight's
4: binder of uh information is kind of a weird thing i don't know if they did this on purpose or they just couldn't get anybody to pay for the product placement but dwight says i search (laughs) engine all the people on the list it's kind of a weird thing to say, don't you think? Instead yeah, of I I'm googled using uh, some
3: sort of Amish go- search engine. <laughs> well, that would have been a funnier
4: joke to make.
3: <laughs>
4: I like that stuff in there. <laughs> you know, those little comments. Huh? <laughs> she likes mountain biking. At least she did up until recently. Now, <laughs> and, uh, as you said, they 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 ride that gag throughout the show. They don't really hit it that hard. And maybe there's some deleted scenes, but um, we get a little bit later when he talks about Isabel again. Mm-hmm. Um, there you go. Michael has laid it out there. This is the most important wedding. He, I, earlier, he says, it's until his wedding, this is the most important wedding. So Indeed. he's he's looking for love in all the wrong places. I don't know about you. I mean, I haven't been to too many weddings. But back in your heyday, were you, uh, were you uh, one of those wedding crasher-type guys, Kevin?
3: No. In fact, I hardly attended any weddings. Um, I wasn't with my future wife. So.
4: Well, yeah, there you go. And I have never met anybody at a wedding, but apparently... I just didn't have the three-wolf moon shirt to guide me. Well, so there we go. I mean, there, everyone's kind of getting ready uh, to go up there, and they start to drive away. And, of course, we have that sight gag where Michael decorates his own car going to a wedding, and he puts cans on his own car, of course, full cans of uh, right. soda or soup or I don't know what, else, what all they were that explode as he's driving away down the street. So that's a good sight gag. Here we have, then, like I said earlier, you know, Jim and Pam are the first ones to get there, and as they check in, well, they're in for kind of a really creepy, unwelcome little surprise.
1: Niagara Falls used to be like a spiritual experience to people. They stayed in tents, and it blew their minds. But it's really kitschy now, which is a lot of fun.
5: Hey, my aunt told me something neat. Yeah? She said, everything with the wedding goes by so fast, we should try to take mental pictures of the high points. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah.
1: Oh, you blinked. Damn it, now that's in my brain forever.
5: Oh.
1: lousy picture.
5: You should have hired a professional to take the mental pictures. Helper. Helper?
1: And Beasley. Tonight we're in two separate rooms, and then tomorrow night is the honeymoon suite. Great. I know, we're pretty excited, too.
5: Can we take a look at the suite now? Oh, I'm sorry, somebody just checked in. Oh, is there another wedding at the hotel this weekend? Oh, no, just an individual. Come in there.
1: Hey! I got the room the night before you guys. I'll break in the bed. <laughs> I don't like that.
5: I'm going to need the name and cell phone number of the housekeeper responsible for changing the sheets, please. All
1: right, dude, you
4: got to love the nard dog there. <laughs> I'm going to break <laughs> in the bed. Uh, that's just well, so
3: creep <laughs> Well, they had the, the call uh, the, the morning of the wedding when he wakes up. There was a little bit of a similar vibe going on him there with <laughs> Pam, so that was... That was a good uh, little bit there. Uh, I liked the little sight gag about Beasley Halperet wedding. <laughs> yeah. It was lots of little stuff like that. I thought that was that was good. Oh, they can't catch a break, these two. Uh, although, a- I have to say, I, I missed the scene when I was watching it the first night with the mental pictures, and then I had no idea what this thing was that Pam kept doing throughout the episode. So. Oh,
4: that was actually just, a cute just, bit of business. I... I'm not, like I said, I, I've i been really nonplussed about a lot of the Jim and Pam interaction the last last few uh, episodes, and that was actually kind of a cute little thing that they, they came together, and I like that line Jim had there, you know, oh, you bling, that stuck in my head forever, all those kind of <laughs> things, and yeah, and, and then we get throughout the episode uh, a few times, and then we see them each clicking. Here we go, this is, like I said, this is my favorite little bit from the first part of the episode, where <laughs> Michael and Dwight are on their way to Niagara Falls, and uh, Dwight is just a little bit surprised by what happens here.
2: Oh, God, wow. Oh, I was asleep. What? No way. <laughs> Those glasses are super dark. Oh, wow. Okay. All right, we need some tunes, I think.
0: You know what, I made you a CD. You did? Mm-hmm. That was nice of you. This is to play when you bring a woman back to your hotel room.
2: Oh, wow, very thoughtful, a little
0: mix to set the mood. <laughs> Delightful, pop that in. You're gonna like this. Hello, my name is Dwight Schrute. If you are listening to this, you're a lucky woman Michael has seduced. Ah, to be in your shoes. What's next, you're probably wondering. <laughs> Don't be scared of your night in heaven.
2: Are you serious? You want me to play that for a woman coming to my room? Yeah. My Practical. God. It's, no, no, it's... that's not how it works.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, again, we talked about that. Very creepy, that's very... Very much Dwight as the second-in-command to Michael that we kind of vacillate back and forth between seeing Dwight the instigator, Dwight the rebel, and then Dwight the kind of ass-kisser. So classic, (laughs) yet demented
3: Dwight there. Absolutely. Classic but demented. I'll go with that.
4: (laughs) They finally arrive, and uh, unfortunately Michael, as we talked about earlier, does not make a reservation. He assumed that he could just walk in and get one of the rooms in the block of rooms, and so he (laughs) is really screwed here. At the desk, we have a bit of a mistake. Uh, Dwight, of course, has planned everything out to the fullest. Michael wants to get in on Dwight's room,
2: and Dwight puts Michael to the test. I need to stay in your room. No way. What if I meet someone? I'm staying in your... Come on. No, I, I would do the same for you. You would? Yes. Really? Yes. Let's just
0: go. I don't, wait a second. No, oh, no, 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 no. This must be some kind of mistake. This reservation is under an M.
2: Scott. Oh. This must be yours. Thank God. God. Oh, no. Oh. Now that I don't have a room, can I stay with you? Um, no. Uh, no you know what? I, I would say yes, but you can't, and I'll tell you why. Please. If I have a woman up there and things are getting amorous she's going to get turned off if she looks in the bathroom and she sees you brushing your teeth with butter and clay okay
0: okay, okay. Ah, that was a test and you have failed but this is my room I, you would not share with me I don't have a room no you do not
2: okay Ooh, you must pass the dungeon wisdom test it sure. worked when Mary was denied a room at the end, Jesus was born when Michael was denied a room at the inn we don't know what happens because that story hasn't been told yet
4: now that's a classic line. I, I actually really like that last bit there, that Michael comparing himself to uh, to Mary, of course.
3: And this is what I was talking about. That it's it's not about Jim and Pam's wedding. It's about when Michael didn't have a room at the inn, and that's what this episode is really all about until the last <laughs> ten minutes. So, I that I really like that stuff. I like where he doesn't have a room. He has. To Dwight, he no-go. He asks Kelly and Aaron, and they are like, ah, gross, and of course Toby offers to have a room, and he'll, that's the last thing he wants, to stay with Toby. <laughs> He'd rather sleep in the vending room than, than be yeah, with Toby. Yeah, exactly. Was, you're
4: going oh. to sleep alone oh. for the rest of your life, so you might as well get used to it or whatever you said to him.
3: It's all classic stuff. We even got a, a nice uh, continuity with Cynthia, now apparently uh dating Stanley and here is his quote unquote wife so we got yeah. to see that and there was a nice bit there with Michael <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm not a am not a, not a, a physicist <laughs> but <laughs>
4: Be Are careful me?
3: <laughs> that,
4: that was really funny so Exactly that was Good a great stuff. line All right well here we go then with Michael that's the setting up the Michael conference the the Michael complication Now as we mentioned earlier we've already set up the Mema Plotline, but uh, this clip here really kind of brings things home there and gets Mima into the thick of things. So, um,
1: which one is
0: Pam's grandma?
5: Oh, Mima?
0: Dad, remember, no mention of the baby. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. She's very conservative. So, Mom's were. Hey, Mima. I wasn't sure about your branch of the family after I heard about your parents' divorce. But you and Jim are just perfect. God bless you.
5: Oh, thank you. But
2: nobody's perfect. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't care to live if I thought that.
4: Good old Mima in her, in her sitcom glory right there. It just seems so kind of over-the-top ridiculous. What are you going to do about Mima?
3: Well, I have to tell you, as much as that seems very sitcom I, I got to tell you, that may not be so crazy compared to what some grandparents pull at certain weddings, but not, oh, not do you have a you have a story to not, share? Not speaking from first-hand experience, <laughs> but in any case, you know there was a there was a funny sight gag there with uh, Jim and Michael where he's having that conversation and they, Michael's st- standing right behind yeah, Jim. Yeah, kind of up up on it. <laughs> that was that was totally funny. Well, he's he, like you we were saying earlier, he's really trying to become part of the family, and there was the bit about the, the toast there too. So laying the groundwork for the future scenes.
4: All right, well, so there we go. Mima's introduced. She is a bad bad piece of mojo there. We have to get around that. Uh, This also, I forgot to mention this earlier, this is probably another one of my very favorite scenes from this episode. We uh, go then to the rehearsal dinner, and uh, somehow Dwight gets himself seated at the kids' table, and uh, he just rules the roost here to a lot
0: of willing minions. From quarter three to quarter four, up 17%, while his sales down Two percent. It's all there in the report.
2: Why would they make the bad man your boss if you're so much smarter?
0: Excellent question. Because while I was busy trying to improve the company and make it a success, Jim, the bad man was busy kissing the boss man's butt.
2: Ew. That's right.
0: I did an ew. It is ew. It's very ew. <laughs>
4: Wasn't that what you said the other day about how that broke down? <laughs> Dwight was out trying to catch Daryl, and uh, there you exactly. go. Exactly. He lost out to Jim. And that makes, look at that, man, 17%. That's,
3: that's the, the tail of the tape. Well, if that's Q3 to Q4, that's like last year, right? <laughs> ah, what have you true. done for me lately, Dwight? I suppose. But, yeah, that's <laughs> Dwight
4: does have a reason to be upset. Now, one of the things that I thought was kind of strange about this, and maybe they just didn't want to get into it, but we got yet another post on the Diabolical blog from dwight this week but aside from this little speech right here we really didn't get any of that vibe like dwight was trying to screw the wedding or get revenge or anything on jim that was really kind of in the background i think i if i hadn't have known about this plotline or read that blog i don't know if i'd even have been thinking about it
3: well and again i think that gets down to the what was the motivation with regards to the prank at the wedding um, maybe Michael thought it would be really funny to do this because who knows when he's going to have a chance to go to his own wedding, but maybe Dwight had more ulterior <laughs> motives to ruin the wedding, so to speak. Well, yeah, we'll I, guess, know.
4: I guess we could see or would have seen something that, that would have made more sense as far as why uh, it got organized and why Dwight was involved. That would have kind of been interesting maybe to see him dropping these little sort of Machiavellian hints or something around Uh, to the brothers and the other people and kind of see how that played out. And then then the irony could have been that, you know, in the end they didn't really get upset, and so he really didn't get his revenge.
2: Exactly.
4: uh, Alas, well, so, (laughs) as we said, now here's the other thing we talked about before. We get that setup of the Kevin and Oscar relationship here. And um, at the very beginning of this clip, we get Kevin kind of talking about his goals for the wedding, and then uh, their conversation with Pam's sister, Penny.
0: People don't think of me as one of the sharper dressers in the office, but I'm going to turn that around at this wedding.
2: I thought, how can I take it to the next level, with the hair?
5: Oscar, Kevin, this is my sister, Penny. She's also my maid of honor.
2: Pleased to meet you. Uh,
5: I'm sorry, it's Kevin. I thought it was Gil. Oh.
2: She thought I was your boyfriend. <laughs> you thought I was dating this? What the hell is wrong with you?
5: Oscar, it was an honest mistake.
2: Him? Him. Oscar, I would be proud to date you.
5: I'm sorry. I'm
2: not gay. I'm
5: Kevin. Nice to meet you. Kevin.
2: Yes. Give me an apology.
5: I'm so sorry. Are you seeing anyone right now? She has a boyfriend. He's out of town.
2: Kevin,
4: Kevin, of course, in this episode is really the continuation of the idiot man-child that we've been building upon for these last (laughs) few seasons. Uh, you know, it was it was funny when Holly thought he was retarded. Um, I think we've crossed the line from thinking to being here with with Kevin. Um, so he sets up, you know, his little thing about he's gonna wear the hairpiece and he's gonna get all the, you know, try to get some action. Um, I love how he instantly shifts from being super supportive of Oscar and say, oh, I would, you know, I'd be proud to date you, to uh, then all of a sudden shifting gears. Oh, do you have a boyfriend? <laughs> and getting shot down and then just moving right along. You know, it doesn't even phase the guy.
3: Yeah, but this this does bring up a point. What's going on with Oscar's love life? He's broke up with Gil a long time ago, right? Yeah, I want to know what's going on.
4: Kevin, you haven't been reading my fan fiction. That's all I gotta say.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: my Oscar trilogy is is just finished. I just posted it up.
3: <laughs>
4: uh, so all your questions will be answered. Well, anyway. Oh, my God. Well, so there we go. There's Pam's sister. Now, Pam's sister, was she just... To me, I don't know, for whatever reason, it came across to me as I was kind of surprised that she was just so ridiculously hot. Maybe that didn't bother people. I tend to get bothered by the fact that in American shows, a lot of times, they'll cast everybody as being a supermodel. The Office tended oh. to buck that trend in a lot of ways, especially with, like, Phyllis and Meredith and everything. But... um a lot of these other family members are very, very striking, sort of supermodely looking people. I don't know that Isabel was a supermodel. No, maybe not, but uh, Penny there definitely was was quite the traditional blonde bombshell, I have to say. All right, well, uh, let's go ahead and move on then to Jim giving his wedding toast. Now, this was the clip that everyone saw in the Promos leading up to the episode mm-hmm. here, where he gives that big speech, and, and we, we see, of course, the Nard dog getting teared up. But I think maybe, yes. maybe overexposure with the ads, but uh, it was a bunch of dry eyes in the summer household.
1: All right. Hey, everyone. Thanks for coming. Deuce. Yes. Ah, oh, thanks, Pete. That was really nice. I just want to say how happy we are that all of you are here tonight. Four years ago, I was just a guy who had a crush on a girl who had a boyfriend and I had to do the hardest thing that I've ever had to do, which was just to wait. Uh, Don't get me wrong, I flirted with her. Pam, I can now admit in front of friends and family that I do know how to make a (laughs) photocopy. I didn't need your help that many times. For a really long time, that's all I had. I just had little moments with a girl who saw me as a friend. And a lot of people told me I was crazy to wait this long for a date with a girl who I worked with. But I think... Even then, I knew that I was waiting for my wife. So, I would like to propose a toast. So, if you'd all raise your glasses—not Pam, for obvious reasons—but everyone else, if you would raise your glasses.
2: What's obvious? Why can't Pam drink?
1: Pam can't drink? Who? I didn't. I shouldn't have said that. I don't know why I did. She can do whatever she wants. What we wanted—the real—the re, real reason is that. um... The Pam's pregnant
4: so there we go bombshell is dropped um did you buy that scene there that Jim would spout it out like that
3: absolutely I think he had it on his mind it was the whole setup we were all expecting Michael to blow it and a little bit of a twist he didn't blow it so and I think we had it went a nice little scene there with Jim afterwards Michael felt relieved that he was off the hook and Jim's <laughs> yeah. the, does being a manager make you say stupid thing?
4: Yeah, that was, I thought it was one of the best ones. Say? I've never best found best that to be the case. There's something like that. I don't know. All but, right. yeah, and, and that was, that, you're right. And That was kind of interesting. It was a little weird, the fact that Jim really did cave, and I guess maybe he maybe had a few already to drink, uh, wasn't mm-hmm. uh, on his best, sharpest behavior there, and and blew it. Now, unfortunately... I don't have this in the clip, but then we have this really long, long speech where Michael stands up and tries to save the day by yes. going on and on and on about having accidents. And he busts out how that they were living together and how it's a different sensation.
3: It's a different sensation, absolutely.
4: <laughs> and so he well, just further disgusts th- Meemaw.
3: And that was following his golden comedy material about the smart car and <laughs> that stuff, too. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> clinks his own glass, and then he stands up and, Hey, what's and was, this was about like, the smart car? Well, it was like, what, Jim's brother was the only guy who was laughing
4: then? <laughs> oh, Dwight was <laughs> thing, laughing, so. too. And only Not only the idiots can laugh, everyone can laugh.
1: So, well, yeah. <laughs> I gotta
3: say, I I, I really like the use of Andy in this. I know him crying is maybe starting to verge a little bit on overuse, but I think this was an appropriate time for it to be pulled out. And uh, that's what she said. And um, so I, I really like the sequence. And uh, it, again, maybe it's a little forced to create this tension between Jim and Pam, but I think Pam kind of rolled with it. She was fine with it. Um, you know, there was a good comedy interaction there where she comes up to them and says, Hey, smart guys. Yeah. I like so that. It was kind of funny.
4: That was a nice reaction, as far as you know. They're both in the same boat, and they are kind of. I mean, Michael is kind of family, regardless of maybe what he feels or, or doesn't feel uh, at this point, or maybe they're just so <laughs> just so resigned to his. Stupid behavior that they have just given up. Uh, well, and,
3: and then that scene played in so well because then it got us right back on track with that Michael storyline where, you know, Mima's not coming to the wedding. Oh, you know, Jim of Hammer freaking out because of the whole family thing. But Michael sees an opportunity.
4: Exactly. He steps in then to go up to talk to Mima to be the hero. And, uh, well, with I guess he was successful. We'll take a look at how he uh, pulled that off.
2: Hi, Mima, it's Michael Oh, you're that foul man they kept talking about course. Yes, yep, one and the same May I? I am actually great with old women In fact, for the longest time my best friend was my grandmother And then she met Harriet And now she thinks she's better than everybody Here's the thing uh, Mima, I think you just need to chill out about this whole Pam getting pregnant thing It's not 1890 anymore, it's modern day, and women have sex before marriage. And I think we need to celebrate that. And I know in your day, she would be considered a whore. But now, women go out and they have sex and they get wild and they take their tops off and they have pictures taken of them, and we need to encourage that. That's part of life. People are like cats and dogs these days. Exactly. They're going to name the baby after you, you know. I'm going to call it Mima.
3: You mean Silvio?
2: Yes. And if it's a boy, they will call it Silvio. So masterfully played, Silvio
4: Halpert. I can't <laughs> wait for that to come in February. Uh, Mima is appeased
3: by, for some reason, by his speech. <laughs> People are like cats and dogs. Yes, yes they are, exactly. <laughs> well, there's a nice little callback to Jan's topless beach photo there. I don't know if that's what he had in mind, but... I definitely thought
4: of that. Well and I I, I I well, you may be talking about reaching before. Um I think he I think he's just a fan of the uh you know <laughs> world's bustiest co eds kind of genre of uh right. girls gone wild videos. But in any case. He he lays it out there for Mima. Apparently wins are over somehow, and uh we'll see the resolution for that later on in the episode. Um now here then later on while Michael's up there Schmoozing with Mima, Good old Andy Bernard The Nard Dog is on the prowl Letting everyone know what a kick-ass party is going down in his room
0: Party
4: Room 639
0: Yes, chicks are going to be off the hook Guys too, Oscar Like Calvin Klein models That sounds epic Can we bring anything? Nothing Except for uh, $40 for beer And any hot chicks you know because That would help me deliver on some promises I made. Woo! No one from the office has been
1: to a real Bernard throwdown. If I was a girl, I would seriously reconsider coming to this party. <laughs> but don't tell them that I said that because I want them there.
4: <laughs> so, again, yeah. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, can you bring anything? No, no, just the beer and the girls and
3: uh,
4: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> everything else. I love that line there. You know, it'll help me deliver on some promises I made. <laughs>
3: Yes, I was, I was a little disappointed that that we didn't see some actual people from the wedding, like Pam's sister, or something, you know, getting talked up and you know, invited to the party. That would have been kind of a nice.
4: Well, I suppose that kind of makes sense. And this is the thing that sort of is a little bit weird about the ending. I think is that it it is very separate, and it should be separate. I mean, it's it, your work friends. If you invite a group of work friends to your wedding or your party, mm-hmm. they're going to stick together, and they're not really going to mingle probably all that much with the other guests. So it makes perfect sense to me. Um, as I said, though, the ending, maybe it doesn't quite fit as well into that, but whatever, we'll talk yeah, about that
3: in a second. But, it, but in the bar, there was a lot of intermingling. G- they get Jim drunk, and uh, the, there's a deleted scene that just got posted where he explains that they were going to go to Canada, and Dwight wouldn't give up his firearm, so they had to turn around. <laughs> yeah, so,
4: that makes much more there, sense as far as why they were together.
3: Yeah, they were there uh, you know, with Isabel, so a little bit of intermingling there.
4: All right, well, um, this next clip, Kevin, this is I ripped this just for you. Um, I know how much you love the wacky shrewdism, <laughs> the wacky shrewd story. So here we go, classic, classic wacky shrewd line.
2: You worry about your horses? That's cool. How many horses do you have?
0: Nine and three quarters. I invented a device called Burger on the Go. It allows you to obtain six regular-sized hamburgers or 12 sliders, from a horse without killing the animal. George Foreman is still considering it. Sharper-Image is still considering it. SkyMall is still considering it. Hamakushlema is still considering it. Sears said no.
4: But I'm bumped. There you go. There's your <laughs> wacky, your wacky, wacky Dwight moment for the day. I'm curious as to how many people out there have horses that they would be able to use such a device, but uh uh Dwight does not think that far ahead.
3: I was just trying to figure out how that would work. So I missed a lot of the Hamrick Schlemmer thing there. was was His little accent.
4: Yeah, that's the gag, obviously, you know, that, uh, of course, is so bizarre and how exactly would it work. But uh, I'll put that in there. Aside from just the wackiness, it also is the intro there that Dwight uses to woo Isabel, Mm, Um, supposedly Pam's best friend, who we've never heard of or or seen before, but... uh, a small minor point in any case. So she's very interested for some reason in Dwight's horsemanship. Um, Dwight <laughs> then manages to uh, to talk her into joining him in his room, but we'll get back to that in a second. Now here is the um, cafe discoiest scene. Also of the episode, it's a little bit shorter than the ending, but definitely has that same vibe that we had before. Andy. In his room Having his party Challenging Meredith to a robot down And uh, unfortunately Does the splits On his car keys And what can I say Disaster waiting to happen
0: I was dancing and I did a split And I landed on my car keys in my pocket What? I tore my skull I need you to take me in the hospital Everyone else is too drunk <laughs> Just don't let me die here
5: Where are you? Can you take Andy to the hospital? What? He tore his scrotum dancing. What? He is in my room, icing his balls. What? Please stop saying what.
1: Are you sure this is the right way?
0: Nope. Well, at least slow down a little bit, because every little bump in the road is major pain on... I screwed him.
5: Look, I'm not the one who asked you to do a split when you've never done one before. No,
0: no. I was trying to liven things up a little bit, okay? I was kind of doing your job, so...
5: My job is to get married in the morning. That's my job.
1: Well, it's also to make sure we have a great time at your stupid wedding, so...
0: <laughs> just spent the night with the bride the night before the wedding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She stepped on my hand on her way to the bathroom. Andy, did I
5: dream that you were crying through the night?
0: No. No, that was real.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, how many times have I heard that from my girlfriend? Um, <laughs> no. So <laughs> a lot of funny business there, of course. Uh, you couldn't see it, visual stuff, with the, the little robot competition. And, again, mm-hmm. it's exactly the same thing with, uh, with Cafe Disco. You have Kelly egging him on. Um, and Aaron egging him on. It's kind of funny, little bit of a little line in there where he he falls over and, and rips his skirtle sack and screams, and then she she busts in there with, oh, what else you got? Right. <laughs> Something like that.
3: But I think that's exactly what you're saying. She's a, she's not quite aware sometimes, and I think that that is kind of a different uh, vibe there for a character. Uh, and I, you know, I gotta say, I really liked Pam with the specs. I do too uh, we, we, we see that in the, the video In the deleted scene And uh, you know She could adopt that look Anytime as far as I'm concerned
4: Yeah I, I, I really wish that That she would To tell you the truth Because I, I thought she looked Really cute There with the glasses Of course we'd seen her Earlier in the, in the show the, On the one day Where she forgets her contacts And has to wear The old kind of granny glasses um, mm-hmm. Here we have the much more Stylish okay, Up to date Sort of look And I, I like that look I thought she was very cute Very adorable so yes, I would I would love to see that come back, but I don't think that we will. All right. Well, so there we go. Andy has his moments in the sun. Um, now this to me, Kevin right here, this scene I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to play is one of the most controversial and a lot of people mentioned this in the comments and I also agree that this really does strain credulity to the maximum here <laughs> with Kevin and his Wacky, wacky shoe problems.
5: Good morning. How can I help you?
0: I left a pair of dress shoes and a bag outside my
2: door last night to be cleaned and polished, but they haven't been returned yet.
5: You must be Mr. Malone. One moment, please.
2: Thank you. Mr. Malone, your shoes are gone. They were stolen? No, destroyed. What? When the bag was opened by our shoe
0: shine, the smell overcame him. I too smelled them and made the choice that they must be thrown away. Incinerated, actually. But that was my only pair of shoes. It became a safety issue, sir. Well, oh.
5: damn it. I can offer you a complimentary breakfast.
0: Okay.
4: All right, now I'm not even get to debate whether that might be funny or amusing, and I'm sure many people loved it and howled with laughter. But yep. um, come on, some guy's gonna just take your <laughs> shoes and throw them away and 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 not say anything and not replace them. Uh, eh, nah, and that little Weasley guy. I mean, it was just so, eh, it was so ridiculous. I didn't mind the hairpiece stuff. I didn't mind any of the other stuff that Kevin did in this episode. But the whole thing with the Kleenex boxes on the feet—that was just that was beyond beyond the pale, Kevin. That was Kevin is retarded territory
3: well i'll say that i agree with you that it is kind of far-fetched but if anybody would throw away shoes he would be that guy that very (laughs) (laughs) opinionated uh weasley guy he's always like flenderson's best friend a little bit yeah where did
4: they get that guy from uh very strange
3: i love that stuff
4: well uh that went too far for me i could definitely do without that uh speaking of shoes, speaking
3: of shoes, or yes,
4: boots, perhaps <laughs> Michael. Now we get a lot of business with Michael wandering around because he has nowhere to sleep. Um, you know, turns down Flenderson, Stanley says, no, the girls say gross. Uh, he, we see him, you know, kind of living out of the ice chest room and the vending machine room. And finally in the morning, he wanders back to Dwight's room, sees the sock tied to the door. And, uh, has to kind of loiter in the hallway, and finally, finally, when Dwight is done with Isabel, he makes his move back into the room.
2: It's about damn time! I haven't
4: gone to the
0: bathroom in a day and a half.
2: Oh my God, Dwight! This room was a pit.
0: Really? I hadn't noticed. Too busy knocking boots. How can you eat? Like I'm ravenous after a night of lovemaking. You? Yeah, I'm
2: hungry, but I'm not going to make a pig out of okay, what we should like she was cute you know she was hot she was very hot she made love like a tiger right side or groom side or townie she was from europe no I'm kidding uh-huh i know
0: but she had hairy armpits no that was nice but i hope she doesn't think this
2: is going anywhere wait a second you're not into her are you kidding me no she's pam's best friend you guys could double date swap maybe? Oh,
0: please, put a gun in my mouth. No, you're crazy. Look, she's a dental hygienist from Carbondale and she makes love like one. She's a bumpkin. Pass. She's...
2: Okay. Do you know how hard it is to be a hygienist? You have to take x-rays? You have to scrape the plaque off of people's teeth? You should ask her out. I already have my European
4: girlfriend. I don't know, man. I love that line. She's a bumpkin. Pass. Being from, you know, a little bit of irony there, perhaps, from from the ultimate bumpkin himself. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we've kind of seen that before. Wasn't that almost the exact same reaction he had to the girls in the Night Out episode? Right.
3: Yep, absolutely. I, I don't know. It's nice to see Dwight have a different side, not have him just pining for Angela or whatever. Uh, maybe learning finally how to, you know, find the clitoris and all that. So a little bit more of a well-rounded character. Our boys come the, a long way in those last five years, Kevin. D- despite the, the Wolf Moon t-shirt. Um,
4: <laughs> no, because of
3: the shirt. Get lucky and found a girl who likes horses. You know, imagine that.
4: <laughs> all right, well, there we go. Michael, of course, can't even say what he's been doing. is to make up a story to compete with Dwight, uh, his hairy-arm-pitted European girlfriend. Um Michael feeling, again, left out, left alone, just desperately wishes he could be the one in there, as we said before, uh, dating Pam's best friend, you know, getting into the couple, swapping, as uh, as he says. And, um, well, it's about that time. Wedding is gearing up. Uh, everyone's kind of sitting there in the church, waiting for the ceremony to begin. And here we get uh, a little bit more talk about Andy's girdle's sack and what or what isn't missing
5: are you in a lot of pain
0: oh because of last night that way reports have been exaggerated Weddings make me very emotional I I just have that side to me
2: people say you cry all the time whoa that's not crotch injuries are the worst you will need to tell me
1: I wasn't telling you
2: there's still something there. Excuse me? They didn't get torn
1: off? No, they didn't. Nothing got torn off. Who told you that? I may have told some people that. I'm nervous. I'm about to get married.
4: Now, that was a pretty good gym line, i got to say, right there. And Andy does deserve it in this case. He definitely, from stealing their suite to living in Pam's bedroom that night, uh, he, he deserves a little pranking there. So good on Jim.
3: Yeah, indeed. And, and believe me, uh, knowing uh, myself, it is you do have a lot of nervous energy on the day of the wedding, and so I could easily see Jim falling into that uh, vein. <laughs> I like I liked the scene later where you see him kicking the soccer ball around with one of the little yeah, ushers or whatever. Exactly.
4: Maybe he's improved his skills since the Charles Minor days. <laughs> right. Yeah, so is, was that a mention there, Meredith talking about her crotch injury? Is that uh, going back to the uh, fun run? episode with her um, pelvic cast,
3: perhaps. Or or who knows what kind of injuries in the (laughs) crotch area she may have suffered from (laughs) over the years.
4: It's best just not to go there, I think. (laughs) All right, well, so here's where we get all the jam action starts to happen. Pam and her sister and her mom and Isabella are sitting there watching her try on the dress, getting everything ready to go, and um, her friend... Her friend kind of drops the bomb there about her relationship with Dwight, and Pam has a bit of a freak out moment. Hey, um, I'm gonna go outside and talk to Dwight.
5: Oh, okay, great. Yeah, I'll see you in a second. Okay. Wait, what? Oh! Oh, no. Hey. Can you come here, please?
1: Is this allowed?
5: No, no, but I'm allowing it. Just come here. Hey.
2: Wow. You look... Terrible. So beautiful.
5: Hey. My veil tore. I knew when we were getting married, and I'm five months pregnant, that I'm not going to be able to wear the dress that I always wanted. Or high heels.
0: Bam, you're so pretty.
1: Thank you. And who cares? Just a stupid veil, right?
5: No, this is the one thing I was supposed to be able to control, was this veil. There. Now we're even. Everyone's driving me crazy. I know way too much about Andy's scrotum.
2: And my mom won't
5: stop freaking out about my dad's new girlfriend. This is supposed to be our wedding day. Why didn't we invite all these
4: people? Now, if you want to nitpick, Devin, mm-hmm. that's a very important question. Why did we invite all these people? Was it because it's a TV show and we must have the cast here in the wedding? When it might not make any sense, yes, exactly,
3: that is the No, case. because if you had ever been married, you would know you... The guest list—you think it's going to be this big, and by the end it gets to be that big—and <laughs> it's just one of those things. Especially in this case, with an you know, office romance, you got to invite the whole office. Um, so, you know, that's very believable to me. People driving you crazy, and it should be just about you and me. And obviously, it's just an incredibly, you know, cute scene there with Jim cutting his tie. So, that I was. Very, feeling very emotional at that scene, and I love that they just ran off. And again, it was a nice little twist. Like, oh wait, what's happening? I don't know what's going to go on now. I was expecting her to freak out, her to be a bitch about things, or whatever. Like so many uh, times in the past season or so, but instead they're together and they're on the same page, which is great.
4: Well, so them them running off that came as a total shock to you.
3: Yes, it did, my friend.
4: All right. Well, I didn't. I didn't really call it myself but uh, a few other people pointed out that it was it's been done before on how i met your mother apparently i don't watch that show but someone mentioned that um i haven't seen that so uh, whatever but the point is yes i that was kind of what we've been saying from the get-go that they should have just gone off and got married but uh, then we wouldn't have had an hour-long wedding episode with a big musical number at the end so Yeah, that was, you know, they sneak off. Of course, we don't know where they're going or what they're doing. Um, And everyone is left to ponder their disappearance. Now, as they're waiting, we get really some bitchy comments from Phyllis. Um, Mm -hmm. Sort of a ridiculous comment from Angela, as far as that Jim and Pam treat The Office like a 70s key party. I mean, who... I'm assuming there was some really thick irony dripping from that uh, statement, since, you know, I don't really think that's the case. <laughs> I don't think that applies to them as much as it does to her. But, indeed, again, nevertheless, well, Michael sees his opportunity there. He's getting hungry. Uh, you know, he's notorious for his low blood sugar and uh, goes up to Pam's mom looking for a bit of a
2: snack. <laughs> Do you have a snack in your purse? Your mom, I just figured you might have. Uh, yeah. Oh, Ooh, apricot. Okay. Were you saving it? Oh, no, no. That's, that's okay. Just, uh, I've had a very rough weekend. No, oh, I'm sorry. My weekend is bad so far. Oh. I came here we hoping to meet somebody, you know, as you do at weddings. End up going to sleep by the vending machine. It was loud though it warm. Oh, that sounds awful. And, and, the love of my life is dating somebody else. Um, it's just, it is a terrible year for love. Yeah. Yes, it is. thinking about having my sperm throat. You know,
4: kind of, I, I gotta say, Kevin, kind of out of nowhere, I'm not really sure why I was surprised, but I was actually really surprised by them giving that Holly shout-out. I almost felt like We've ignored it for so long. We kind of put it to bed last year that I was a little. I was kind of taken aback by the fact that they brought it up. Not in a bad way, just I was actually kind of surprised, I guess.
3: I think we're going to hear that from time to time. And obviously, now with this relationship, you know, who knows why they may eventually end the relationship. So, but yeah, I, I really like that too.
4: All right, Kevin, into the home stretch now. Um I this C and I just threw this in there because I love it. We didn't get much Toby action this episode except for that first rejection at the very beginning. Um but here we go, Flenderson in all of his glory. <laughs> love how Dwight just, you know can't really seem to separate that work life from private
0: life. Toby. Hi. I'd like to lodge a formal complaint against Jim for making us wait for over an hour. <sighs> well, I guess this wedding is not gonna
1: happen. Uh... I wonder if this is it of them.
2: <laughs> hey, what happened? Where were you guys? Do you know how long I've been waiting here?
1: Well, we are here now, so let's yes! go. Yes!
2: I have so much joy in my heart right now. How do I look? You look great. You look great.
4: So classic, again, the same repeating of that, how do I look, it's all about me, here's my car... You know, that kind of stuff. So, Michael, I guess we can take comfort in the fact that he's just very joyous, very happy for the couple to have returned. And, of course, Flenderson gets completely shafted there, right? When he's talking about his relationship breaking up, they come back in happier than ever.
3: What, 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 what? Exactly. Yeah, there was some good good stuff with some of the wedding gifts and Dwight's bit about the turtle shell cracker thing and then of course it turns out he has a live turtle in there <laughs> so lots of good stuff in that
4: yeah that's and something. I actually I actually really love and maybe people think this is corny but I really love Michael's painting that he made for them and that kind of then creepy line about how he's got one <laughs> a nude one as well but that's mine
3: that's for At me home. <laughs> yeah
4: they actually have if you go to the NBC.com slash the office website you can download that as a uh, wallpaper so some interesting stuff there on the site. All right, well, what's left now? Everyone comes back. Everyone returns. It's time to kick the ceremony into gear, and that means only one thing. A little Chris Brown for you.
0: Yeah. yeah oh,
2: boy. <laughs> one, two, three, four, two, three. I beg that not
5: you put this on your do not playlist. Yes, I did. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think it's your turn. Wait, what happened? Oh, you're okay with this? Yeah, I'm
2: okay. Me. Okay, then. Mm. Did you see
3: this? It was on YouTube.
2: Fine. Join me in
1: boat tickets? The day I saw that YouTube video, I knew we'd need a backup plan. The boat was actually plan C, the church. It was plan B. And plan A was marrying her a long, long time ago. Pretty much the day I met her. Ah, sorry, Kevin's a little dusty in here.
3: I think there was a lot of really good stuff in there. Like Dwight kicking Isabel in the face was funny and the weird <laughs> Oscar dance. I really, again, I just really like liked that sequence a lot. And I think it was very fitting as a way to end the office uh, wedding episode. Uh, memorable note.
4: Well, it was fun, and that's the thing where I get into this. This is where my my kind of conflict about this comes in, is because it it was a fun scene. It was fun to see characters we like doing wacky dances and having fun. It's the same thing we said about Cafe Disco. Um, it you know if it, you can't think any deeper than that, really. On this, or else it falls apart. We already talked about that. Like, when on earth did they possibly have time to prepare this? It looked like Michael and Dwight were involved with the brothers, but yet, minutes before, we had the brothers coming up to Michael saying, Oh, are you Michael Scott? Um, So, (laughs) best not to think of these things. Just sit back, relax, have fun watching. Stanley boogieing down the aisle. They had to have everyone in there. I would, again, argue that it was maybe a little incredulous that Angela would participate in the middle of Mm -hmm. this thing. But,
3: again, it's a TV show. Speaking of things you don't want to think too long or hard about, (laughs) Uh, this next scene with Kevin. (laughs) Exactly.
4: Well, Kevin... Kevin, Kevin, what can I say? This is pretty sad, and I really, really hope no one went and got ice. What
2: an awesome party. The best wedding I've ever been to. I got six numbers. One more would have been a complete telephone number. This was epic. My Kleenex shoes were a huge conversation piece, but man, my dogs are barking. My feet were so sweaty, I can't even feel the cold. What a lovely hotel
4: Man, of course, the big aside from Kevin's disgusting nature, we have in the you know in the background, we have this shot of Michael sneaking off into the bedroom with Pam's mother, which from looking at some of the next few episodes, is going to be a recurring plot device and we talked about that that it actually aside from the kind of ridiculous factor i don't i don't know if we would have bought if they would have used the same actress would we have bought this relationship quite the same way i don't know maybe not she just seemed too nice and uh <laughs> and too delightful to do this but be that as it may it has happened it will happen michael is part of the family now um, and that definitely will lead to lots more wacky plot twists in the weeks to come. All right, well, let's go ahead and get into the deleted scenes. As I mentioned earlier here, we have three scenes up, although one of them technically is not really a deleted scene. It's a Pam wedding journal. They've already posted one of these, but this is the second one. Um, very cute stuff. Pam looks adorable. Very natural dialogue. You also get to see Jim and his tidy whiteies, which... Um, I think Kevin maybe liked that a little bit more than me, but uh, your mileage may vary. Uh, the Creed thing, not really that funny, uh, but then we get a little more information as far as why Michael and Dwight were hanging out with Jim on the night before the wedding, so let's take a listen to those.
5: Hello, world. This is Pam Beasley, and this is the latest installment of my wedding video diary. This afternoon, my fiancé Jim and I are going to Niagara Falls to get married after a half day of work my marriage on! Sorry, I'm just really excited. Okay, so let's see. Um, Last time I talked about the difficulties of throwing a wedding on a budget, specifically flower arrangements. My solution? Paper flowers. I made these using a regular cardstock that I found in the warehouse. Can you believe they were going to just throw that away?
1: Hey, babe. Hey, babe. You gotta let me know when you're doing that.
2: I know this place.
0: It was home based when I rent cigarettes over the border.
5: For who,
1: mobsters?
0: I never knew. The balloon went in, the balloon came out. I didn't think to ask.
2: <clears throat> Hello. Thanks. Hey. Beautiful night out, huh? I don't know. There are no windows in here.
0: It's safer that way. My name's Michael. This is my friend Dwight. Hello. How are you? What was that? Amish curtsy. Done by a man for a woman when he finds her comely. Barkeep,
1: what vegetable wines do you have? Oh, a bunch of us decided to go over the border to Canada for one quick drink. So I'm in a car with Michael and Dwight. When we get to the border, Dwight refuses to relinquish his sidearm. So 40 minutes later,
2: here we are. I actually am really jealous of the fact that you are marrying anyone. I would marry anyone.
0: No, ma'am. You should have to have property at least as fertile as my farm.
2: I'd marry you. You want to get married? Let's go. Let's go get married. All right.
0: (laughs) We don't have
4: to. (laughs) All right. Uh, Any response there, Kevin?
3: Maybe that explains why uh, nobody from the, the family was at Andy's party. They were all in Canada getting loaded. (laughs)
4: <laughs> exactly. And unfortunately, I guess those other people in the office, they were left out in the cold, weren't invited. Although somehow yeah. Michael and Dwight managed to weasel their way in there, maybe through Isabel, I don't know. But there you go. Well, uh, if you would like to support the show, there's a couple of ways you can do that. Now, obviously, if you still haven't bought the season five or any of the other seasons of The Office, you can go through our Amazon link on the twsspodcast.com website, Uh, If you're a fan of audiobooks, you want to check out audible.com, you're looking for something to listen to to help liven up your boring day or your boring commutes, you can check that out. you got a free two-week trial, free one-book credit download. Go to audible.com. She said, however, our biggest, uh, you know, the one I believe in the most, the one I enjoy the most is, of course, the Netflix trial. I know a lot of people use this already. If you haven't tried it, uh, go ahead and head on over to netflix.com slash TWSS. Not only do you get unlimited amounts of Instant Watch stuff, and they're adding things every day, every week. They add new movies, bigger films, the all seasons of The Office, 30 Rock, a lot of other NBC shows, a lot of other TV shows, Lost, a bunch of other stuff you can watch instantly on your PC, your Xbox 360, or your Blu-ray player that handles that streaming. Otherwise, you know, you get your typical mail-in the DVD. Uh, keep it for as long as you want. No late fees. Send it back whenever you want in a prepaid envelope. And I'm I'm kind of fizzling on my mail-in DVDs. I'm slowing down a little bit. I got a, uh, I ordered the first DVD of the Life on Mars British TV show version, and I have yet to watch any of them. So Netflix is making their money on me this month. I got to say.
3: It's a great service. Uh, I watched year one this weekend and I'm looking forward to future releases. I got away we go in my Netflix queue. So uh, I do use the DVDs a lot to catch up on movies and TV shows. So Netflix.com slash TWSS. Don't forget
4: that this week, Tuesday, is the release of The Proposal featuring Oscar Nunez. So
3: yeah, if you, if you want to see more of Oscar Nunez, definitely check out The Proposal this week on DVD.
4: More than you've ever wanted to see of Oscar <laughs> Nunez, perhaps, but uh, <laughs> be that as it may. All right, um, we're going to skip the news this week. It's running really long. Go, just going to the next episode. Uh, in one week, on the 15th, we have Mafia. And we've talked a little bit about this before at the beginning of our kind of season six spoiler show. Michael meets with an insurance salesman and is convinced by Dwight and Andy that he is part of the mafia. And Aaron accidentally ruins Pam's painting. I'm going to say, is that going to be the painting that we saw in business school? Because if that is, I'm going to have to hate Aaron forever.
3: Well, if it's an accident.
4: Nah, no. Nope. Doesn't matter. <laughs> does not matter. Does not matter. She is dead to me, Kevin, for now and forevermore. Hey, hey Matt,
3: what if she accidentally ruins a painting while accidentally jumping up and lifting her skirt a little bit? Would that work for you?
4: Yeah, yeah maybe. We'll see.
2: <laughs> there are certain things a boss does not share with his employees. His salary, his bed, and I am not going to tell them that I'll be reading their emails. i got to erase a lot of stuff.
0: Just so you know, if you have any sensitive emails, they need to be deleted immediately. I know. A lot of stuff.
4: All right, well, let's go ahead and get into some feedback on Niagara. We have a lot of stuff to go through, so let's just go ahead and get started. Dwigd had this to say. I was enjoying the cold open somewhat until everyone started puking. I was watching this episode with someone who had never seen The Office before, and it wasn't the first thing you would want to show. So there you go, someone on my
3: side there, Kevin. Yeah, DeWitt was in the West Coast chat room, so remember <laughs> whenever we, you know, The Office airs, go to twsspodcast.com and click the green chat link and chat with Matt or me during the show. Lots of fun. Well, Starry Dreamer wrote, Hey, Matt, want to pick some nits? Pam and Jim were clearly on the Canadian side when they rode the Maid of the Mist, which is a Canadian boat that docks from the Ontario side. And note the very Canadian flag that was on the boat. Supposing the captain could marry them, they'd need an Ontario wedding license, which I doubt they had. Laugh out loud, oh, writers.
4: Yeah, we mentioned that earlier, so Starry Dreamer, thanks for the nitpick. All right, my friend Money who was all over the blog page last week criticizing (laughs) people for hating on the last episode, said, Overall, I think it was an alright episode, thinking the writers were going for cute and simple for this one, given the overarching focus on the wedding, and so I understand that. Some jokes felt a little easy, like Kevin's wig and Kleenex boxes, Andy's scrotum, Anyway, it was a cute idea for them to take off and get married on the boat, and the scene with Pam talking to Jim with her upset about the torn veil was handled well, too.
3: All right, so let's hear from Chad. He said, okay, so this one is the clincher of hope for this season. I was bracing myself for a god-awful wedding and was delivered some very noteworthy laugh-out-loud moments. Well done on the cold open. Who knew that puking could put Dwight in his place so effectively? Pam came off so bitchy in the request to different people that, They just tone it down in the odor department. Then she redeems herself in my eyes by barfing her lungs out. Well done and just hilarious to do it with such attitude. (laughs) The wedding itself was so offbeat and office staff heavy, but something worked there. It was like watching a montage of great goofy moments, especially the dancing scene. I am bracing for you two to hate this episode, but I for one thought that it totally up the hype. And kudos to the writers for making this couple endearing again. Running off like that was totally enjoyable. I would, too, if I told the whole crowd of people at my wedding that she was preggers. Is Jim turning into Michael? Seems like it. Well, he is a
4: manager, so he must start
3: saying stupid things.
4: Yeah, I guess maybe we are predictable, maybe not. You, I don't know if I hated on it, but you definitely had a much more positive opinion on this episode I, than I did. I
3: take a sense, Chad. I usually don't hate the episodes.
4: <laughs> well, I, I guess I, my, my hatred spews over <laughs> the edges a little bit. All right, well... Randy had this to say, this was an episode that I almost wish they'd stripped away everything except for the Pam and Jim moments. I kind of agree with you on that one, actually, Randy. This was truly the couple you fell in love with at the beginning of the series, and it was incredibly beautiful and gratifying to see them on the Maid of the Mist. My fiancé had to explain to me the whole wedding entrance dance. There you go. This better not happen at my wedding. I could have done it without the rest of the episode, don't get me wrong, there were a few moments here and there that I found myself laughing at. Kevin's hairpiece, Andy scrotum, and the final funny yet disturbing visual of Kevin icing his feet. Dwight's hookup seemed implausible. Just how drunk was she? And please, mm-hmm. erase the awful visual of Michael being dragged into Pam's mom's room. Shiver. I guess this will give new meaning to the notion of treating every workday as if Pam's mother will be arriving. So... Ah, yes. Again, i not really sure if I like that development, but we'll see where they go with it.
3: Well, Matt, I said that I loved this episode, but there were some people like um, some other people who did not. And the Apple book wrote in, What the hell? This let down all of my expectations. It was just plain disappointing. Writers, you let me down, and I can't forgive you. Thanks for nothing. Although I did giggle when Andy fell and when Jim cut his tie. Let me explain. We've been watching Pam and Jim for five stinking years. We deserve more. We deserved a wedding that was, well, funny, and an episode that touched us. We needed a wedding that beat Casino Night, and we didn't get it. No, I had to say, it, look... It definitely touched me. Well... <laughs> it touched me all over the place. <laughs> oh,
4: good Lord. I don't know what to say about that, Kevin. Let me, I'll bring out the doll in a minute to ask me to show you where, where it touched you. But this... <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not agreeing to the same extent, obviously, that Apple Book did. I did enjoy it, but I kind of agree that, yeah, it, I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think this necessarily did live up to the romance that we built up through those seasons. But really, how could they? It was almost an impossible kind of thing, and it wasn't perfect, but I think they did a pretty decent job of it anyway. Let's just leave it at that. All right, well, Kelly said i loved jim's dinner speech uh yeah i wish it just wasn't spoiled in all the promos um she Mm -hmm. goes back to saying i was crying and then laughing at andy crying at the same time also loved andy's bow tie at the wedding in fact i think mr bernard stole the episode the torn skirtum thing was obviously over the top but he totally pulled it off overall i think the writers handled this episode very well except for the cold open Would Pam seriously ask Phyllis to
3: change her soap? Come on! Yep, that's the one part that I didn't love. Um, (laughs) All right, well, last comment here. Um, Umri wrote, As I was watching, I felt a little let down that they ran off together and danced down the aisle. After I thought about it, it seemed fitting for the characters. Pam and Jim never needed friends and family to get married, but allowed everyone to celebrate with them. I think the song and the cut scenes with them on the boat helped the ending.
4: Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that was kind of the ending. It had to be there. If that wasn't there, I think a lot more people would be very disappointed. Well, that is going to do it for us this week after an amazingly long amount of time. Uh, join us in a week or so for episode 79, Mafia. Please send any comments or constructive compliments to podcast at com and visit the show blog page at twsspodcast.com. And really remember i take constructive criticism just about as well as michael does so keep that in mind all right if you have a chance please leave positive feedback on itunes and help spread the word on the various the office related forums every little bit helps music for the episode provided by the pod show pod save music network check it out at music.podshow.com and remember head on over to nbc.com slash the office during the week For deleted scenes, interviews, episode recaps, cast blogs, wedding photos, uh, wedding blog videos, all other kinds of crap, and more. And for Kevin Crossman, I am Matt Summer, and we are out of here. The hell was that?
3: You're not up with the Y and T? Jeez, you don't know any of these forever songs, do you?
4: I, I'm not, I, I gotta say. <laughs> Plus, it's like almost midnight, and I'm gonna get about four hours of sleep tomorrow, so I'm a little bit out of it. All uh, right. Good lord. All right, congratulations, Jim and Pam.